welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or ever listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so happy to share that this episode is sponsored by our friends at Daft Boy. Daft Boy is an LGBTQ plus owned and operated startup based in San Francisco, committed to creating high quality, unique fans, accessories, and gear perfect for any occasion. Listeners of Block Talk can earn 15% off their purchase at daftboy.com with the code BLOCKTALK15. That's BLOCKTALK15 at daftboy.com. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. It's time to go under the sea and design a look made of crap from the beach. The design challenge gave us a plethora of interpretation of the theme that led to a lot of drama. It's time to talk all things Drag Race Brazil. And joining me, this mermaid is still a Barbie. It's OG Fag. How are Hello. you? Oh, you know it. Still always giving you Barbie, but we're doing an aquatic edition today. Now, I was very tempted to buy the I Am Kenuff, um, uh, uh hoodie. Is it comfortable? I actually was saying to one of my friends, it is shockingly comfortable because you would think mass produced, they had to get so many of these out because it was such a hot commodity. So the craftsmanship I would expect could be a little bit shoddy, but it's fully not. It is honestly one of probably the most comfortable things that I own. I never want to take it off. I want to be wearing it all the time. So... Yeah. I'm very tempted. I'm very, very tempted. If you can still get it, I really might recommend. Because even if you're mm-hmm. not someone, my some of my friends and I, because, oh, wait, not surprisingly, two gays that are friends of mine also have it. So I was like, we could go out in public and we'd be a little like mafia situation. Mm-hmm. But what I was also saying to people is like, if you're not someone who feels comfortable wearing this level of color, whatever, out all the time. I even just recommend getting it to wear around your little home and doing whatever because it's comfy right. for that. So no matter- And this is the official Mattel one, correct? Yes, this is the official Mattel one. And that's what one of my friends was saying as well is just that maybe in another piece of apparel or something with another movie, they might've been a little bit like, yeah, let's just get it out. But because they know what they've got, they want to keep the quality high. So- Yes, we are Mattel official and really highly recommend. It's so, so Listen, cool. uh, friends, you, you may say, but how does this relate to this challenge? Well, there was, <laughs> right? a, I'm like, Barbie, there was a Barbie who was a mermaid in this in the movie and there was mermaids in this challenge. So there we go. It all ties together. You're welcome. And of course, I do have a mermaid Barbie. Of course you do. Of course you do. Dua Lipa. Yes. Of course. All right, friends, pronunciations, uh, Duolingo is doing well for me. I, I'm getting better. I'm struggling. Today was a struggle. I, there are cer- certain words because I it, it just messes up with the Spanish. I'm like, no, it's a little different. But we're trying, so we, we'll get there. As always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are shown the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, the real people don't want to go on television and share their crap. They've also put themselves in position to be discussed. What is said in the podcast for entertainment to discuss reality TV show. Okay. Um, four episodes into Drag Race Brazil. Interesting. A very interesting franchise. Yes, I would agree with that. I was actually thinking, though, that I do feel they did a nice job with casting because I think 
I think there's a really nice range of personalities. I think that there's some that are a little bit more similar. There's plenty that feel opposite of the spectrum in some ways, I would say, mm-hmm. from each other. So it makes watching them interact with each other and watching the dynamics of the competition really engaging. And I yeah. feel like we don't always get that with Drag Race. So I'm really dialing into that specifically. The entertainment value is there. Absolutely. Because th- these queens, they have wanted this franchise for years. Yeah. They got it and they're not going to throw away their shot. Um, they they are going to make the most of it. And I think a lot of the drama and the contention that has come out of it, especially in this episode, is because they all want to give the best product possible. And they are going to fight to make sure this is the best franchise out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I honestly feel as though it, it's echoed even within the episodes themselves, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I think they very directly acknowledge that too, that just they're trying to hold themselves to a very high bar because this is the first Drag Race Brazil and everybody's right. wanted it and it's here. So let's really deliver. Well, let's go through this episode and talk all about it. Dallas tells us that it is a relief to stay in the competition, but she is truly heartbroken having Tristan being eliminated. Helena will make mention of how it's disappointing to see someone of their art form giving up on a lip sync. But hey, this proves you can be a drag artist, but that does not mean you can do drag race. Lip syncing is part of this game. There are simply no excuses. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what it is. And I think sometimes it is important to remind people of that because I think there are you know, plenty of people in this day and age that look to drag race as sort of the end all be all, but so 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 much of drag exists outside of the drag race universe so just because someone can't really excel in the competition format does not take away from their ability to deliver in the art form Mm -hmm. but if you're signing which is going to come up again i think in this same episode if you don't if you're signing up for the competition know that there are certain skill sets you will need to utilize and just prepare to do that if you want to do well you know if you're not just there to be a good time gal i don't know now, let's ask Shannon what she thinks. She thinks Tristan did not deserve to leave, as I assume she didn't think she should have been in the bottom to begin with. But the bitch didn't lip sync, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. Organza is congratulated on another win, second in a row. She will humbly give Miranda her flowers and tell her she is awesome, as she owned the scene. But this game, once again, depends on your looks. Bring to the runway or expect to be a non-Maxi Challenge winning finalist, because... That will be Miranda's only way to the end at this point. Her runways are just not cutting it. The savagery. Mm-hmm. It's true. Now, in a very strange segue, we're going to discuss Bettina and her beautiful panties. <laughs> are there such things as beautiful drag panties? I mean, she almost popped out of them. I know. I was going to say, I don't think so. And you want to also talk about connecting threads of this episode, panties. Right. Like, who knew? Maybe that's why they felt the need to suddenly include that in the intro. I think so. Foreshadowing, we're going to end with some panty talk. Well, this will lead to some fighting words from Shannon, who once again telling Bettina that she's lucky she wasn't in the bottom and that she could, in fact, eliminate her. Why is she doing this? Airtime, stir the pot, good TV, who cares? Shannon knows how to play this game. A hundred percent. The competition on is on. It may have barely begun, but these girls are ready. Ruby loves healthy competition. 
Um, so if you try her, dot, 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 doesn't matter. She will not finish the sentence because Shannon says, may the water run because she is ready as a mermaid. And again, she had no idea what was to come. Right? I was like, they have, it feels as though sometimes the edit, I'm like, are they dropping little hands? Because we got multiples. We got the panty talk. We've got mm -hmm. the very explicit mention of mermaids. Like, how did that just happen? Did that really happen? organically i'm not so sure i don't know well it's a new day in the workroom and dallas will lead us with the commentary she has to work hard because she just had to lip sync now organza will ask her if her system is down ha uh -huh. and we get a dial-up sound and i was like wow that is a throwback to my youth and youth of today you don't even know what life was like when you didn't know if you could even get on the internet Literally, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so old today. I was talking with someone at work and they were like, oh yeah, that's such a 90s, early 2000 moment. And I was like, why are you making me feel so old right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, AOL was the shit. It's still not the shit. It's not the shit. Still not. No. Dallas tells the girls that the criticism has motivated her to elevate what she's doing. She's ready to have fun. Okay, good luck. Have fun. And of course, Shannon will be like, well, that's the second time you said that. I mean, call her out. Just don't be mad at it. Bettina will be asked what she thinks will be in store for them. And she says, it's a design challenge. Is she a fortune teller? How'd she know? Or maybe it's the vibe that they're on episode four and haven't had one yet. Or maybe it was the panties. Maybe it was the panties. Maybe Psychic it was. panties. Oh my God. She is coming in with more gas. She is more colorful, cheerful, and smiling. Now, who sews? We have a lot of arms up, which is shocking, but also makes sense. We've seen what was been on the runway. Some of the girlies uh, think they do, but they do not. And of course, we need to find out who our hot girl, hot glue gun girlies are out of this bunch. And they are alive and well, and they are ready to stick shit to shit. Are you a sewer or a hot glue gun girly? Definitely a hot glue gun girly for now. I have told myself that maybe this winter I'm going to pick up knitting. Yes, yes. So great. I would like to do that. And I have the tools to be able to begin it. So mm -hmm. maybe not a sewer, but hopefully picking up some knitting maybe. In the would you future. make a dress like Gabriella Labucci wore in her entrance? Yes, like fully. Right. I think you can get really cute. I was thinking too, I maybe want to be not surprisingly to you again, um, I want to be one of those people who's like knitting jock straps and harnesses. I think like that would be so the tea. Awesome 2024. Yes, exactly. So that's kind of my aspiration, but can't rule out a nice little dress. Of course, not at all. Of course. All right. The alarm sounds time to have fun. And Greg's message is very aquatic in nature as she hints to what the day will bring. The girls will ponder what the mermaid of it all has to do with today, but we will have Melusine tell us her name was derived from mermaid. And yeah, what an unfortunate episode to be eliminated on. Set up me do things, but we will definitely get to it because yeah, shady, they, shady things are happening. Yeah, and they really got her. This, this whole episode, top to bottom, I was like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. yeah. But first, Greg arrives in a blue blazer, shorts, and a crop top. Honestly, that would be my identity if I could pull it off. Classy, casual comfort. Like, literally everything that Greg Queen wears, especially in, like, boy variety, I guess you mm -hmm. would say, I'm obsessed. I'm just, like, similar to you. I'm like, if I was that level of attractive and could pull that off all the time, that's how I would love to dress. Because it's just 
the style is so good. The looks are all so amazing. Yeah. I'm so obsessed. Today, it's time to get literary. Oh, pit crew, they're going to bring in two giant furry boxes filled with glasses. And OG is like, I'm so happy. Literally. Always a dream. I And I always find it funny, too, though, how they've kind of pivoted away from let's just give everyone one pair to, oh, no, actually, we need literally two entire suitcases. Yes. So everyone can pick one for their mood, their vibe. And I honestly, I feel like they get to take them home now. I would hope so. If they don't, I would honestly be a little upset by it. And if I was there, I would definitely try to mop a couple of the pairs because yeah. I cannot resist a good pair of eye of sunglasses. That's just one of my here, here, here's here, producer mode going on. Here, here's an idea: a mini mini challenge where you design your own glasses to be used in the reading challenge. Oh my gosh! Yes, reading challengeception. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Library is open because what? Reading is fundamental. Let's go through these because it was a mixed bag. Um, dare I say it was like the ocean. Waves of humor and the tide rolling out. And some plastic mixed in Lots there. of plastic. <laughs> Brenda Naza. We know we'll have a double elimination this season. Naza will be eliminated with her beard that's always with her on the runway. Now, I don't know, maybe I have blinders on, but I don't know if I understand the five o'clock shadow thing on the fucking twink with like barely any facial hair. It's so funny that you say that because I was thinking the same thing. Like I've been keeping up with this season. I've been watching. I don't feel as though I've clocked a five o'clock shadow on Nasa. Yeah. Like not even once. So right. I'm like, I don't know if maybe they're doing some editing or what, but I don't, yeah, it's not really showing. Miranda Melzine. She's young. She's so cool. She's annoying as fuck. I mean, observations are not reads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, just, just being able to acknowledge something does not make it a read. Melzine on Dallas. Girl, you're so pale that if you broke an arm and got a cast, nobody would notice. Then she gets read for also being pale. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. When the read was happening, I was thinking you can't really read someone for something that is also true of yourself. Right. Because then it's going to come right back around to you, which it did. It's like, girl, you got to choose something distinct from your own struggle. Like, you know, don't highlight your own flaw because that's giving material to the other girls. Melazine on Greg. <gasps> girl, you need to stop wearing that purple bodysuit. Which I think is a reference to something we don't have seen on the show. I don't know. Maybe it's something else in real life. But that will get Greg to say, let's see who wears the bodysuit in the next elimination. The foreshadowing. <laughs> Literally just the foreshadowing every layer and every moment of this episode. I'm going to throw out the conspiracy theory. I think this was step one to the Greg hates Melozine plotline. This was when the pipeline began. Correct. Helena on aquarella girl you have so many colors but is your gauche melting uh so that's like finger painting and, and water painting i guess Helena Anaza, we know it's your style but i hope you fall like your top yeah like oh okay i don't know Bettina on Organza, ballroom queen, always tens across the board. I also have a declaration for you, a declaration of repudiation. So take it back. <laughs> Bettina on Aquarella, I brought you a present. 
finger painting as she flashes the double bird. Okay, that was kind of funny. That was that was that was cute. Oh yeah, absolutely. Bettina and Shannon, I hear your name and a meme pops into my head. Shannon, no, 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 no. I don't know what the meme was, but they all apparently knew which one it was. Yeah, I was like, is this maybe a, a regional meme or something? Because I felt like I wasn't really getting it either, but they all clearly chimed in and they were like yeah. dancing and moving. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, that's a good one then, I guess. Ruby on organza, such a wonderful fabric, but your organza is a little hairy. It's time to shave those legs, honey. <laughs> okay, good. Shinona Naza, production, what time are you serving lunch today? five o'clock again with the five o'clock shadow i mean it's really mean but honestly that was a funny read like oh good setup good comedy yeah but it's also just i will say too i feel like at a certain point you have to change it up though because like if other people are hitting that same read Yes, it's going to be funny, but it's like, all right, this doesn't feel original anymore. Which takes- Otherwise, it becomes season nine. You tell Alexis Michelle she's fat, and then she has a mental breakdown because everyone called her fat. Exactly. Shannon on Dallas. I'm waiting for the talent you said you have in one, two, three, four, five, but it never comes. It would have been funnier in the delivery if you'd sounded like a fucking robot. Exactly. Nazan Ruby. Ruby is such an expensive gem, but it looks like the cheapest stone from Brass. Okay, another regional touch to it, but she called it cheap. Naza and Helena, did you bring any looks? Because it seems you're still in the closet. And she will clap back that she's been in the top three and Naza has been naked and safe. Um, and maybe also not like outing someone on national television. We've seen it before, like this year, and it's not the best thing to do. Right, right. Not always the best look. No. Dallas on Melzine. She plays a character. She entertains children. When will your character entertain the judges? Okay, we had a start. We had the middle and the end. It just wasn't funny how she said it. Yeah, and that's what it is. Sometimes the content can technically be there, but it's all about the delivery. If you're not sending it along in a way that's going to get a reaction out of people, whether if it's too fast or if it's too slow, that's also an element of reading essentially yeah. so it's like it's got to land you got to be able to take it all the way don't worry future contestants if you apply to block talk drag you i will teach you about the art <laughs> of the read aquarella and Vecina. you as giselle it just like when i see you without my glasses on so beautiful very intellectual very 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 heady in that one and she's going to keep it going because Aquarelle on Dallas. Yep. I can see your talent when I don't have my glasses on. Up uh, close, when I put them on, it's 12 times worse. My question is, at what point do the reads then become against yourself? Because you just keep right. saying, I'm so blind. I can't see. I, like... I guess it's her brand. Yeah, I guess so. And I mean, you know, she really committed to it for basically every read. So it is what it is. But at a certain point, it is like, wow, you're maybe kind of reading yourself a little bit here. Regards on Melusine, delusional. Only reason why we have that in there is for something that happens on later. So fine, whatever, keep it in. Regards on Shannon, my friend from Rio de Janeiro. But by looking at your makeup, I'd say you were definitely from Sao Paulo because it's as gray as the sky there. That is how you do a good read. Absolutely. Yeah, that was for sure one of the top ones. But it doesn't matter. The winner of the reading challenge is Petita Polaroid. Do you agree? 
I think so. I think like, well, first of all, you know, if we want to think about editing too, I feel like they very much so showed her reads more than anyone else's. Of course, of course. Yeah. So you could already tell a little bit in the approach that she was probably going to win. And in a mixed bag of ups and downs in terms of the reads, hers were probably the most consistently funny. So I was like, yeah, take it. She will win 5,000 Hayas. Not an advantage in the maxi challenge, but I guess that's not a guarantee, but I bet she would love some extra time as an advantage. But speaking of our maxi challenge, well, that is, we're going to talk about the maxi challenge like after Greg has solo time with the pit crew and they reemerge on the other side of the room because what I, I was, they had to have had a production break or something. Like why, what, what just happened? Yeah, because it was just so obvious and so distinct it was like there was no even attempt to hide the sequencing of anything. It was just a clean break, like, oop, okay, boop, boop, boop. Greg's on the complete other side of the room. Who knows where? Something I'll, I'll say first production blunder, uh, first season blunder, because um, I, I think you, there, there are ways to get around it and be like, look over there. And then the it could have been done better. Yeah, it was really messy. It felt very abrupt. To be the next drag race superstar, they need to have a broad set of skills. And for this week's Maxi Challenge, get the needles and get the hot glue guns out. It's time for an unconventional design challenge. And mama, and those floaties are not going to design themselves. They will have to put together their version of a Brazilian drag mermaid from scratch. Please note that the challenge is to be a mermaid, not use the materials, but be a fucking mermaid. Yeah, like, I mean, we're going to get to it. I have some thoughts. Yeah, I do too. Also, was it me or was there a lack of material on the set? I don't even think there were 10 flotation devices. But Drag does say that their main material is here, so I'm assuming they could use the wall of fabric if they even have one on the set. But again, looking at the set behind me, there is a lot of fabric. So when someone bitches about using said fabric, you gotta check yourself. Exactly. Yeah, there was sort of that comment of like, there's fabrics around the room. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is gonna be a little bit more fabric heavy, but. They have three minutes to grab whatever they want. It's all at war. And Bettina, sorry, girl, you gotta battle your sisters. You don't get an advantage. Um, Cause I guess there just wasn't enough to have an advantage cause she would have taken everything. Yeah, maybe that's what it was, because I did find it a little bit odd that there wasn't a you get a five second, you get a 10 second advantage that feels just so classic design challenge with the unconventional things. Maybe it was scarcity of the resources. Um, I really thought this set was about to fall on top of them the way they were going at it. Um, But girl, Helena and Naza taking those trees, best move you'll make all day. A hundred percent. What would you have gone for first? Yeah, I think the trees, I like, I think that was really the way to go. You've got maybe some texture you can integrate from the top, from the fronds. The gold is really dynamic. It's one of the more visually interesting materials that they had. I think that's what you got to do. I mean, we're, you, you, you see how much blue and pink fabric, shiny fabric is there. You got to assume that the girls were like, can we just share it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's just used so, so much so many times. Yeah. And it looks like even some of the, I mean, the, the flotation devices, so to speak, are also, you've got the blues and the pinks. Mm-hmm. So like, there's that element of it as well. There's going to be a lot of that color. And it's, again, it's so interesting. There look, there's like this white cloud thing. No one uses. Um, You have the palm fronds. No one uses. 
um i would have been like okay i can't take the pick crew but can i take the um the yeah the the whistle and the um the the the, the i don't even know what the, it's called and that was a fucking lifeguard i don't my i don't even remember it was so long ago i was one of those teenage lifeguards like looking back at time why would you have trusted me to save someone's life at 15 16 years old you know if you can um give enough confidence and you can just go bravely into the space sometimes that's all you need a little charisma and you can convince people of many many things like so. i was on the swim team they're like oh my god you should be lifeguard and it's like okay um i think that's where my anxiety started in life from being charged with saving lives yeah from people saying you can swim therefore you can swim and save a life Listen, I think I need to go to therapy and talk this um, one out after this podcast. Wow. They're, the origin of anxiety discovered Maybe. while talking about drag race. Well, okay, but I'm going to I'm gonna spin it a little bit. And I'm going to say you can maybe take a little bit of that connection that we were just making and try to pull it away from the anxiety because now you're out here trying to save drag lives. Oh, I'm literally trying to save franchises. Exactly. I'm still helping. I'm still out there helping you, Drag Race Hall, and I'm I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'm going to figure out a way to save you. Exactly, you're trying to save a lot of drag lives, a lot of careers. So the skill sets translated, just not in the quite literal getting into the water, saving a drowning person life. You know, there it is. All right, it's time to make sense of all the crap they got and figure out how to make a mermaid couture. Ruby is very excited. As we heard last week, she is a designer, and this will be her challenge. Please note that Mazda said the same thing. Who will win this batter? Oh, we'll get to it. Ruby reminds us that she has made all of her runway looks, and I ask, can you get a refund from yourself? <laughs> and that's why I should, I'll be teaching the how to uh, do a read for the reading challenge. Right. You're going to open block you. Yeah. Ruby tells us that in the art scene of her city, people know her as a drag designer. She has achieved a lot, including five fashion awards. So clearly a not fashionable city. It's also like, I mean, yes, you want to say you won awards, whatever, but five doesn't necessarily sound the most impressive either. It's just like, I've won five. Okay. Well, it's better than being a 10-time Glam Award loser. Claim to fame. Claim to fame. Listeners, if you are voting, October 1st starts the voting period for Glam Awards. Do what you want to do. I don't, I don't even know if I'm going to campaign this year. I don't fucking care. That's the official tagline. Do what you want to do. <laughs> Literally. Um, Naza will chat with Shinona and Aquarella to find out if they have any sewing experience. And Shannon is shitting her panties. She can't sew. She can't make patterns. She can't design. She's fucked. You knew Drag Race Brazil was coming one day. You think you'd sure to look one time before you got there exactly like what were we just saying before about the lip syncing and that if you're going to come you should try to have the skill set you know at least one if not more sewing or construction challenge is going to come pattern. just learn how hey, to make one pattern yeah learn how to make a single pattern that's it a hoop skirt exactly just learn how to put together a lovely skirt and call it a day but it's a it's a baseline expectation at this point it's not even like a it would be really nice it's like a no you should have a lesson behind you you should have a pattern in your skill set in your repertoire period over in a world of her own melazine is already sewing her green fabric why is she so comfortable well she shares that her mother taught her everything she knows 
She wants to make her proud. Out of nowhere, Melatine will get emotional and cry. And I was like, this is the backstory you're going to use on her elimination episode. This is cruel, but we're going to get to it because I do not agree with the results. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Melazine reveals she has a foster mom since she was one month old. She helped to raise her while her mother was at work. She taught her everything about crafts and sewing. She tells her Gonza that she is a character entertainment company, and her mother makes all of her costumes, saying up sewing for her many, many times. Melazine says she would not be anywhere if it wasn't for her. When she started sewing, it allowed her to become independent, and that's essential for a drag queen. Very, very touching story. Um, I feel like there's a lot of context clues that are a little confusing here that don't make sense when she talks about on the main stage. Um, But it's a very touching story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always nice to be able to get a sense of the family and where people come from and their backgrounds. You know, I think we were saying this before as well about other elements, but yeah, it felt a little bit savage to take that and be like, oh, this is the one, you know, it's like this episode of all episodes to be able to also tell this specific story. I was just like, oh boy, they really, they really got you, girl. Let's cut over to the duo of Bashina and Miranda. When Miranda despairs coming through, she had a feeling this challenge was coming and she was excited as she wanted a specific material, plastic. Jill tell us that the first time she worked with Floaty, she had some surprises. When she works with plastic, she likes to create heat so it has an aquatic and melted feeling to it. However, these floaties are appealing as they had paint on top of a fabric. The color underneath is something of what she does not want to use to create. So she has to come up with some sort of backup plan. Well, before we find out, Grad Queen is back and it's time to see how her little mermaids are doing. Drag will stand at the truth table where they will visit to find out what they're up to. Can I officially call it the truth table? I love that. I mean, I, I just, it. I think that it's perfect. It's very rolls off the tongue. Like that could be an absolute thing. There it is. First up, Helena. She tells Greg that she is a costume designer. She is Salvador Drag's costume designer. The pressure is on. Is Salvador Drag probably like a Brit- uh, British? Whoa, boy. Not quite there this week. Uh, Brazilian drag artist. I would imagine um, there was a drag performer in D.C. actually whose name was a variation of that. And so Mm -hmm. I think like it's probably a, yeah, local, more local, so to speak, Brazilian girl. Helena tells us that she does costumes and makes wigs, so she's a little apprehensive about her career. She has to serve. Her biggest concern for the challenge, time. She will get no feedback from Greg. Just a one-on-one moment. Why? Because the editors needed us to know that she is a contender to win this challenge. Simple as that. Yeah, I think they they could use some uh, editing support, maybe. A little story. Talk to our friends over in Germany. They're really good at it. Yes. It's a visit from Naza, another contender. She is hoping to serve the female Triton because she says she always looks like a little girl. She's ready to look like the shit. Not shit. The shit. Big difference. Yes, very, very big difference. She wants to serve Queen of the Sea, and she notes to Greg that from what she's seen so far, she is seeing a lot of dresses. So she has to stand out from the hungry bitches. As she says, if you look the same, you don't stand out. Good thing to know. Yeah, such wise words. Greg is going to give her some mom tips. She tells Nasta that her makeup was too dark the last few times, so it creates a shadow. She tells her to make her eyes bigger so they can see it without a shadow. 
I love when we have these tips because obviously Rue does it sometimes. Sometimes the queens take it, sometimes the queens don't. Now, usually I joke with Rue, like she's the mother. She if she if you don't take her advice, she's gonna get pissed off. Greg, um, you could tell that she's got a bit of a pride thing. If you if she tells you something, you do what she says. Right, right. If you don't, she's not gonna be happy. And we're gonna see that direct result today. Yeah. And I honestly think to a certain extent, to me, it feels rooted in what we were saying at the start of the episode is just that this is Drag Race Brazil. This is the first season. So I am the host and I am giving you advice. You better take it because I want you all to look as good as I think that you should and as good as you can to make this the best representation of Brazilian drag. You know, I think it's rooted in that. It's time for Aquarella, who off the bat tells Greg that she is not very glamorous, but she wants to make her freak side look glamorous. Greg tells her that freaks can be glamorous. And you know what? OG Fag is living proof. Period. Here I am. She will tell Greg that she is on that fine line between sea witch and mermaid. So Greg says that mermaid is the species and it could be a mermaid witch. All right. We're grasping at straws right now. I, I... We're really grasping here. What yeah. defines a mermaid? Well, right. Like, and and that's where ultimately I feel this whole episode goes. It's like at a certain point, what are you considering a mermaid? Like, if you're really just throwing out there, well, technically, I guess that could be a mermaid, or oh, this could be a mermaid. You know, I don't know. Maybe people do have a different inter- interpretations, but I'm like, for me, if you're really going strict mermaid. The top should probably look like a human mm-hmm. like a person. And then bottom should be a tail of some variety. Thank you. Like it should be that simple. You know, I'm going to discuss that kind of tail. It really needs to be, but it should be an aquatic tail or appendage. I'll say that, Correct. you know, like. Remember that when we talk about the runway. Yeah. Greg will tell her to worry about the composition of her look as it needs to be cohesive or be it will become a mess. And she warns that the messy ones will be lip syncing first. <laughs> the hint was given. It was. Miranda visits next as we are here simply to learn of her aquatic backstory. She worked at sea for a long time as she was in the Navy. How is it to be gay and in the Navy? She says there are a lot of Navy gays, so say hey. Miranda says... Having the experience of living at sea for a long time, the thing that always caught her eye was the amount of plastic that they find in the sea. This look will come with a Miranda LaRoe touch as she is trying to work with melted plastics. And Greg will be like, great, thank you for your backstory, but I want to know your sewing experience. And Miranda knows that her drawing isn't clear what she will be doing. She has the image in her head, so she knows what she can do. Greg's advice is don't get confused or lost in the character. Don't do too much so that she doesn't end up in the bottom. Of the sea. Now, I just got to say it. Two homosexuals talking about aquatic things and the Navy, and not once did they mention semen. Missed opportunities. I can't believe it. I know. Maybe it's my brain. Maybe I need to get checked out. No, they should have made the comment because it makes for good entertaining television. That's on them. Again, where where the editors, where the story producers pushing like let's get a funny men related joke in here. Um also, you know what? In the Navy would be a hilarious brilliant um lip sync for your life. 
Oh yeah. There, like, there are so many layers that you could unpack with that and just put out there. This was very much a missed opportunity. And also what I was thinking too, was that this whole time, all of the discussions going on around, oh, I want to use plastic, the melted plastic. I was having flashbacks to Germany and the design challenge with the only Naomi and that mm -hmm wild plastic scenario so i was like oh no please we we can't be doing that again it's, <laughs> it's I, true i was so worried i was like no 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 melazine time to talk she tells greg that she did a quick sketch in two minutes because she had in her mind what she wanted to do she is trying to manage time in the best possible way so she can get everything done as she has so many things to do now greg will tell her in this moment a thing that she will not listen to and seal her fate greg says she needs to figure out how to make a mermaid walking work which for me seems counterintuitive to what a mermaid is but this was just a classic case of the host being pissed a contestant who didn't listen to her um we've seen rue do it so why can't Greg? now melodine will take all of this advice and say that Greg isn't questioning her ideas because she saw the twinkle in her eye and trusts her way to not read a room babe agreed also this is maybe a larger question too, but I would just say as well to Greg's point around clearly making this comment, you know, how can you make the tail walk? Why didn't they do what they did on just the US franchise then? And Correct. if it's a mermaid challenge, give them something that they can wheel in. Because it was so fucking awkward. It was so bad. I mean, yeah. And it was also a very American reference what they were doing because it was Bette Midler right but i'm just i think like that's where my mind goes if you if you feel so insistent that they need to have a tail which also that i mean right like we're gonna get to it but if they need to have a tail and you're expecting them to be able to have this garment that has something restrictive why not find out a way to make that work for them exactly in practice i don't know it's like the the desires do do not seem to be mapping with what you're actually making feasible for them. I don't know. First season blunder. Yeah, they'll you know they're learning. They're learning. Dallas is up and she is working to get out of the bottom and win a button or a pin or a badge. I don't know what country we're in. What what's the proper term? <laughs> Something with like maybe your flag on it. Right. Um. Dallas has the pressure on as she didn't do well last week and this isn't her challenge. So she is hoping she won't drown. <laughs> really going with the puns before we can get to ideas. Greg wants to know if she felt how she felt in the reading challenge. She was read a lot and Greg says she was uncomfortable and bothered. So Dallas says they took the chance to hit her while she was down. She says she fought to stay in the game. And if people are bothered by this, she doesn't care. Okay. That's a good spirit. It is. I also feel, though, like, Naza got it worse. She sure did. So I'm kind of like that part. You know, it's like Naza just kept rolling, kind of, and, like, didn't really seem to make it a thing. So I don't know. It's just also one of those things where I'm like, if they're hating on you that much, it's probably because you're doing something good or, you know, there's something nice about you that right. other people are a little bit hateful and jealous of. So also take that with it. It's kind of a compliment. Before Greg goes, she tells them to complete the sea of judges this week. Is presenter Raphael Dumaresk heard of him? Nope. Yeah, neither am I. He seems fun. <laughs> it's elimination day, and it's day the day to show the judges their scratch looks made of beach materials. 
Helena is ready to look gorgeous. She went to sleep at 4 a.m. to finish, but at least she got a few hours sleep. Well, what do you think? Three, four hours? Yeah, I feel like it couldn't have been more than that. It is the morning, but they are already reading NASA and her five o'clock shadow that I guess you have to be in the room to actually clock. I just think she just looks cute and cuddly. Yeah, it's making me more, even more be like, well, maybe now also she's had time to practice and hone since the show's filming. But it almost makes me want to see her in person to be yeah. like, let me see this face. Let me get up close because everyone's talking about this shadow. I don't see it. It doesn't seem to be translating on television. I need to see the real deal. Yeah. Now we will have this table chat at the looks where Bettina will reveal that her entire look is made of the materials and objects. Organza will call out the corner next to her where Ruby says that she used fabrics that were found on the set. Now this will be a major point of contention for others later, but we will definitely get to it. It is time to get into face and Melazine is feeling confident. She thinks her look is beautiful and well done and finished and beautiful. The girls will call her Melusional or better Delusion Sparkle. There's the read. There it was. Yeah, there it is. Let's do it's the like, reading challenge again. Yeah, literally. Like, let's rewind, get back back to it, because you got a really good one, but just way too late, because that was so perfect. Like, that is so funny. Friends, I'm going to give you a piece of advice from Block Talk Drag You. Puns are funny. Puns work. That they do. There comes a time to talk about family and drag, and now is that time. Bettina leaves us, leads us, and tells us that the girls that her family doesn't participate in all her drag. But without her husband, she doesn't think she would have been able to get there. They did absolutely everything together. Miranda says that in drag, it's impossible to do anything alone. And I wholeheartedly agree. Drag is a collaborative sport in every aspect. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, pretty much. Like, you you got to have somebody for something. Exactly. And as crazy as this sounds, you can't be a good drag artist if you don't have an audience there to support you. So it is collaborative. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, like taking it in a quite literal sense, for sure. But yeah, there's just so many other elements of it, too. That's just, you know, in one way or another, you very much are relying on people because like if you're performing you're probably having people capture it right so exactly. like you know you got to have your little groupies there to that regard and you're relying on people for yeah being able to provide you with material to be posting and then also maybe you have someone who helps you cart around your stuff or like you know especially again like now with so much drag out there. You've got your people who make the outfits. You got your people who do the hair, like we always do on our, um, you know, recaps. Running through who did the accessories, mm -hmm. the all that. There's so so much collaboration in drag. And just remember, if you don't have your friends collaborating with you by buying drinks, the bar owners are not going to hire you. Also, that Miranda will get emotional. Um, uh, Bettina will get emotional and tells the girls that preparing for the show she just didn't give up because her husband was by her side encouraging her ah, damn what that would be like to have someone by my side to tell me not to give up in this podcast but alas I'm alone twinks just one, one of you just one of you there's millions of you just one tying in to the content plenty of fish literally no i don't i didn't love plenty of fish it was it was maybe i did it when, like it first started it was weird yeah i don't think i've ever used plenty of fish i tried them all i'm just fugly it's okay it's fine have you okay but have you tried sniffies 
no, I'm not sure I'm ready to just do anonymous crazy shit. I mean, I know it's not the only thing you can do on there, but um, maybe, maybe I'm if I'm getting desperate this 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 winter. Yeah, I'm like, if nothing else is really working, you just can't rule out Sniffies. I've been having a good old time over on Sniffies these days. It's one of my faves at the moment. Sure. So highly recommend. Now, Vecina tells us that her drag and her photography are now one thing. It is her healing process and where she puts all her traumas and everything that made her discredit herself. She throws it up in her art, and when she gets it out there, she feels stronger. The girls will boost her confidence and tell her she is all that. She is with Tina Polaroid, and I have to ask, why this moment now? Yeah, right? Like, especially because, as we've been saying, it feels like the editing, to a certain extent, is being very, very deliberate. Like, maybe a little bit too much so, in terms of the presentation of the episodes. So... All of that content would lead you to think that something is going to happen, but then it it doesn't. So, like, why right. was that the moment? You know, I, it's I'm, either she's going soon, or they're setting up a long arc. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking probably going to go soon, but. <laughs> well, with that, let's bring it to the runway. We have our hostess, Greg Queen, giving us a floral moment. She's giving campy fashion, and eye makeup was so fun. It was very wild. Yeah, I really enjoyed the makeup. I don't know, that look, it was like, I'm one for a crazy ensemble, don't get me wrong. I was reflecting on it before we were recording too, to be like, what did I not, what kind of made me feel a little bit like that was too crazy? And I think it was because all of the, if you want to say floral elements, you know, sort of like the Mm -hmm. little uh, pieces that were all around, I think they all seem to be the same size. Yes, think I needed there to be some proportion I needed some scale I needed maybe like the ones on the head to be a little bit smaller and then go bigger or like start bigger and then get smaller up Mm -hmm. on top of her head it was a little bit too all of that same piece of fabric essentially all the same size just over and over again it was it was a little too much I appreciate and like I appreciate that she's a little bit willing to do that and like she goes there she takes risks i absolutely adore that but i was like okay this one you're getting a little bit of a miss for but that's okay we tried it we tried we tried our panel is duda bertolini who is really a hair icon every week a new style yes we have bruno braga who is really one of my favorites i'm very much enjoying her she feels very real yeah you know it's like i think she She's not someone who feels very produced. It's like, it feels as though what she's saying is like probably indicative of who she really is and what she would actually say. And I think that's refreshing because I think for many reasons, especially at this point, the judges panel can just often feel very robotic and scripted and like, you know, a little bit removed from having a true sense of personality, if that makes sense. So it, I agree. I think she's very refreshing. And it's our extra special guest, Judge Raphael Duvaresque, who is really doing the most, most in giving us like Bond villain couture. Oh, a hundred percent. Category is Atlantic Mermaids. In honor of the runway, we will play Part of Your World or Poor Unfortunate Soul. All right. I had to. I'm sorry. I had to. I'm. We're honoring a certain someone in this podcast for this. 
All right, Ruby Ocean. I really do not like this. It's not a mermaid. It is barely a fish. I think she tried so hard to be high fashion, but I think she's a tilapia at best. I think the shiny fabrics really distract from the construction. That is pretty solid, though. It's just the concept is really ill-conceived. She either ran out of the future because the tail starting in that rose gold and then going back to the future didn't pan out properly. And the hood. It's trying to be very hard to be a moment. But again, I'm underwhelmed. She calls herself a designer and I'm just seeing mediocrity. So we're going to disagree right off the bat. Let's do which, it. Which I love. Yeah, I love that we're like starting off with a disagreement. I really lived for this. I think like we were talking about and as we continue as we will continue to is it a mermaid absolutely not and so how they're treating this true to the challenge or not is clearly up for debate so i will say that strictly by the challenge no of course this is not a mermaid but i love the colors i love the different shades of pink happening the metallic is super fun the hood and all of that it's just so campy and i think the makeup is just like a kind of perfect styling for what it is mm -hmm. so i was really here for it i was very obsessed i loved it Drew says she is living up to her last name. He says that he thought that she was the furthest from the theme, but her attitude was so amazing the way she performed and rattled the girl, the gills. Yes. Runa part. says she would like to dive into the seas of Isaheim and find a sea creature like her. Raphael says that the clothes don't wear us. We wear the clothes. And she did that. He says that she brought this outfit that she created to life. Greg thanks her for bringing complexity because that she, what she did is very difficult as the material is not easy to work with. I will go poor unfortunate soul. Definitely a part of your world for me. Audience, they're so mixed on this one. 54% part of your world, 46% poor unfortunate soul. Yeah, well, so just like us, it's yeah, very, this like is a us. very divisive look. Exactly. But, and I, you know, I think too, in this one in particular, it is, like one of the comments from the judges, this is very not the challenge. Yes. So I, you know, I don't know how you treat that, but like consistency. <laughs> yeah, it's just like very right. Exactly. It's just it's so so far from the challenge, but it kind of like works on that level. I don't know. Maybe if you get so so far removed from the challenge, they're like sure. Yeah. Naza, I think this is a really strong concept using the materials at hand. I like that there is a strong character present. The neck piece is grand. The colors are strong. I love the boots with the fins. I do not think that the construction of the diaper is great. It's padded for no leaks. I think she had a had she had a different material to explore, it would not have given off like diaper, but it is what it is. It is aquatic, it's whimsical, it's childish, it's fun. It's a mermaid. Yeah, I think. This one I struggled with a little bit for, I think, a few different reasons. I think I completely agree with you, just sort of the fabric choice. I get that she's going for the inflatable thing, but I feel like it doesn't, it reads a little bit awkward and it doesn't look necessarily the most flattering. Um, she clearly does go for like the tail element and she has the fins. And I think that all of that was very solid overall and fit with the theme you know like I think looking at it too I feel like she maybe should have gone with a different color hair because it just matches a little bit too much I think with mm -hmm. the neck 
piece behind her. So some of that also, I think, gets a little bit lost. And that could be said of the entire, I think, top portion of the outfit too, except for the sleeves. Like there, it's just, it gets a little bit too muddled. So I don't think that it was the most amazing, but she certainly is on theme and it looks totally fine. So I was okay with it. Raphael says the finishing of her look is wonderful. He says they can see backgrounds and layer from the front. He has her turn around and says the hair is showing in the back and it's amazing. He says that drag queens don't need to serve resting bitch face all the time. And she brought a smile and playfulness that hypnotized them. Bruna says she went to school for fashion and she can't hem pants. Can she imagine the hate and envy she feels right now? Greg says to spread your wings and release your gills. She's in love. She says she brought royalty, showing Triton who is the boss, and it's the baddest bitch called Naza. She thanks her for following her makeup tip as they now can see more of her face and eyes. She says it's a great night for her. See? Doing what the host tells you gets you good. Look I will that. give it a part of your world. Yeah, I will give it a light part of your world. Audience, 73% part of your world, 27% poor unfortunate soul. Aquarella. Um, this was just floating at the bottom of the sea. She really tried to give you an evil sea witch, but I think the problem is the construction and concept. The tip part looks like a flotation. The top part looks like a flotation tube that got stuck on her head. Whether she lacked material or ability, this didn't read anything aquatic because there is no tail. That is the address in the boots, and there is hoping that the trident will read um her ass was also completely out and i don't think it was on purpose i know it's a me thing i like symmetry and cohesion but the face color being a slightly different shade as the material drove me mad honestly it might be in me in a purple thing i need purples to pair well this was the worst of the week i know right i'm like there seems to be something floating in the drag race universe right now around let's use different purples together <laughs> It's just it like, doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Yeah, it's not working, but it also seems to keep happening. Color um, theory, friends. Blue purples and red purples. They can go together, but with their if they clash, it does not work. Exactly. I think I felt a little bit more. I think, in my opinion, it worked a little bit more than you feel that it did. Because I don't know. There's something about I can see where it's going. I can see the direction. I think really clearly the construction skills are just not there because absolutely the main section, which is like the dress, it's just not enough. Like mm-hmm. I'm here for the for the journey though. I mean, I can get behind maybe the headpiece if it was a little bit more developed, I would say in terms of direction of maybe being a clam or like a shell sure. or something, right? Like there's a way that you can make that not just a ring around your head that kind of looks like a floaty thing or, you know, like an airport, whatever thing that you would wear mm-hmm. when you're traveling. Um, also, I mean, the shoes, I'm not completely mad at them, but it's just the execution of the overall package. And then again, because like I will say too, I think the Trident got unfortunately pretty completely lost until she was exiting the stage after critiques, I think. Like, I really yeah. feel though I didn't even notice it until then. And I think the Trident looks really, really awesome. So I love that. But it's just, again, like how you're developing the elements to make them stand out and how you're pulling the total look together. Yeah, it just wasn't... I don't think that it, for me, it was not the worst, but I, yeah, it's it's a tough one. Dudu says that once again, her makeup is fabulous and unique as she swims against the tide, but thinks this week she is a fish out of water. Raphael says 
that her look reminded him of those things you wear when you travel, a.k.a. neck pillow. He says it would be really fancy if it was really one of those and not a runway look. Greg says she was looking for the monstrosity she promised, the creepy thing that would be glamorous. She says she really does look very glamorous but can't see Mermaid there. She says the makeup is impeccable as always and says they're getting to know her personally and know they're going and knows that they're going to see if it was enough tonight. Um, it is a poor unfortunate soul. Yeah, I, I will give it a poor unfortunate soul as well. Audience, 33% part of your world, 67% poor unfortunate soul. Organza. Now, because we are trying to avoid the Kiona track record here, Organza not being in the top is beyond confusing to me. I mean, she uh -huh. will cause drama based on her placement, but we'll get to it. I think the colors are dynamic. The blues and pinks are beautiful. The neck piece is giving you shell. I love the gloves. She has given you the mermaid tail, but is not hitting the ground. And I think that might be what have docked her a little bit of points, but I don't care because this was a fashion moment. Oh yeah, I completely agree with you. I'm not sure if it was just they were trying to give some other girls some screen time or what, because this was absolutely in my tops of the week. She absolutely should have been in the top three. It's such a nice balance of really nice color play. It looks dynamic. There's elements that break it up that even though it has this big thing at the top and then the tail at the bottom, it doesn't feel like it's unbalanced. I think it's a little bit campy, but also definitely very fashion forward. I thought this was completely stunning. She looked amazing. Part of your world for me. Definitely part of your world. Audience, 79% part of your world, 21%. Poor unfortunate soul. Miranda Labrau. I really love what she did with the plastic and how she was able to construct something that no one else could. Do the plastic pieces look mel melted or deflated? I'm going to go with the latter, and with that, it made the look fall into a little bit of a cheap category. That being said, I see the attempt to mermaid tail in the dress, but when you pair it with a really beautifully constructed jacket, it kind of does serve civilian on land. I do love the styling. I like the idea. I think materials didn't work the way she planned, and it made her suffer, but it's a safe look. Yeah, I, I would say I had a similar reading. I think when she was describing her approach and all of these things that she was considering and wanted to build in I had a very different vision of, of what it would look like so I yeah. would say that like it really does not look like what I was expecting and maybe that's part of it like you were saying I, I can appreciate that there's an effort to make a tail it really does not look like a mermaid tail so I don't really know what she was doing or if it was just about the material um but yeah, I mean, it's cohesive enough. It looks fine. It does feel just very safe and kind of there, all things considered. I'll give her a part of your world. I will do the same. Audience, 77% part of your world, 23% poor and fortunate soul. But Sheena Polaroid, for branding, I love that she's giving you 80s rock and roll vibe. What that has to do with the overall styling and mermaid? Absolutely nothing. I think she had made a dress instead of pants. There's a universe where she fits the brief, but I don't think this works. The most aquatic part are the sleeves. I think any other design challenge in any other franchise, she would have been high safe. For me, it misses the mark. Yeah, this was one of them where it's just like, what was the understanding of what this challenge was? Because if you're saying to us that it's supposed to be a, a design challenge based around mermaids, there's really nothing mermaid about this. I don't understand, you know, where where that lands here. 
it just, yeah, it, it looks to me just not really, not really the most cohesive. It's just like, what kind of, I don't know, for the project briefing and just all of these other elements, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I'm like, I'm trying to wrap my head around why you would go that direction when it was. I just want consistency. Yeah, exactly. I just want consistency in terms of how they're approaching it. And then also just how the contestants are understanding the theme too. Because I think that's what it feels like a lot of these showcase that their understanding of the brief was not clear. And then now we're seeing the results of that on the runway. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it feels like the sleeves and the pants, I'm just kind of like, they're too just flary and crazy like the middle part I don't know it feels disjointed to me I was very not not here for it poor unfortunate soul yes it's a poor unfortunate soul for me audience 57% part of your world 43% poor unfortunate soul very confusing all right Shannon Scarlett I think this is cute. She knows she's not a seamstress, but she did the best with the abilities she could. She used the lore of the Little Mermaid to her advantage and adorned herself with pearls and thingamabobs. I love the color story with the soft pink and purples. The makeup is remarkable. The bra piece, it works for mermaid. The ruching of the dress works for mermaid because it's velvet. The train is the one thing that I would scrap. I feel like it was there to make it look like she did more than she did. But overall, I was here for it. Oh, yeah, I I completely agree. And I think this is an example, too, where if you don't have the most confidence in the skill set, there is still a way that you can do it and you can look fine and you can be safe. And I think that's what this is. I think, you know, she really clearly tried her best. She made do with what she could. She styled it really wonderfully. So I think that it's a very, very cute ensemble. I think the hair and the makeup are really, really nice touches in particular to just take this sort of a different direction because there's something about the way that she painted herself that almost looks a little bit haunting, which Mm -hmm. I think is really cool and a very interesting mermaid energy that you don't always see. Um, And I see what you're saying about the train. I'm also wondering if she used a train because in her interpretation, that was also giving it a little bit more of a tail emphasis. Mm -hmm. So that could have been part of it as well. But yeah, I mean, this was really nice and I think was uh, very solid. Now, I'm a big fan of hers, but I don't like people who are hypocrites. So clock her when we talk about what happens in Untucked, because remember, she's using velvet, which is not on that set. Yes, very, very true. Uh, part of your world. Yeah, definitely part of your world. Audience, 80% part of your world, 20% poor unfortunate soul. Dallas DeVille, the bitch is serving moose knuckle. It's all I can see. The pansy is just god awful. Um, it's not the cleanest or the most mermaid here, but at least she stuck to her branding of the futuristic vibes. I think the boots were a major cop out since she didn't have any sense of mermaid tail, um, but they were read well stylistically as the major draw to the eye. I like the makeup. It's the most fishy thing in the look. The hair is just not right for this look. It's way too flat. Um, It's not great, but in a way, she did a little more in the world of fish than Aquarella. Yeah, I could see maybe what you're saying around a little bit of the facial pieces in particular that take it potentially a little bit more aquatic. This was another one where I looked at it and I was just like, what, (laughs) what is the, what is the relation to mermaid here? What is happening? Like the giant back thing and just, yeah, the wig is really looks very thin, very flat. 
the the panty panty gate you know listen it's yeah just really not not doing it for me and then yeah it feels like going that direction of using a really long boot is a way to just distract from I don't really have a lot else happening with my outfit so it's a killer boot though it is and uh, there's nothing wrong with the boot but I'm just like sort of in terms of the design challenge exactly and all of that it's just it's it seems like it's a cop out and a way to try and conceal that you really haven't done that much and just taking it back again to like the main seemingly point of the challenge where is the mermaid I don't see any mermaid here yeah Judo says that something that bothered him was they are the same panties from last challenge. He says it was a very striking point, uh, striking point of the other look, and it immediately came to his mind. Bruna says the first thing she noticed was the same panties, as she is also wearing the same panties from the last episode, so she's familiar with the subject. Ill. <laughs> Dallas will say that she was counting on some extra time so she could finalize the look, but Greg will tell her that all they had was the same amount of time, and they all delivered. Greg will say that she is really happy she's stepping out of her box and showing more of herself, but tells her to please don't blame time and don't blame others. The only blame here is not believing in herself. She says she is here because she is capable and because they love her. She tells her to not hesitate to trust herself, and that's all they want to see. Methinks that Greg has a favorite. Um, is a poor unfortunate soul. Yeah, definitely a poor unfortunate soul. Audience, 33% part of your world, 67% part poor unfortunate soul. Melazine Sparkle, easily the most controversial submission of the night. She is literally giving you mermaid. She is Ariel on the bottom, Ursula on top. I think the concept is brilliant. The construction of the tale is immaculate. The controversy comes in when she is walking and is having difficulty. Now we know she was told to make sure she can walk, but... When has that been a determining factor for a design challenge? If she mm-hmm. can't walk and it's and the look is brought from home, it's one thing. But the irony of a mermaid, a character without legs, is red for not being able to walk because she is serving you a legless illusion is wild to me. Yes, watch the tape. She has a bit of a falling down problem, but a smart drag artist would have known that if she did in fact have the pants that we will see later on, she could have dropped the dress, said it was a reveal into sea legs, and we would have been applauding it as a brilliant design challenge moment. I'm really having a hard time understanding her placement and why it's getting so much hate compared to the others who constructed literal crap. Okay, so I'm going to maybe then add to the controversy a little bit so we can maybe talk about it. Let's um, do it. Yeah, I thought that this interpretation was just way too literal like that's Mm -hmm. where I sat with it I was like some people missed the memo of mermaid completely seemingly and that was somehow okay for me I was like oh she got the memo for mermaid and she went with like who is just the mermaid who comes to mind immediately when you think of that Mm -hmm. so for me it was just like oh, okay, yes, it looks very well made, but it's like you kind of went a route that's like a Halloween costume for what someone would envision that a mermaid would be. And so I think that really took away from it for me, Um, just this notion of it being, again, just like super literal, not really interesting, not super dynamic or original in my opinion. Um, So I wanted to see more of that. You know, I feel like some of the other girls 
maybe they didn't fully do mermaid, but at least it felt like they put a little bit of their own stamp perspective, their own drag into it. So I think that's why for me, I was like, yeah, I get it. Cause not only could she not really walk in it, um, but I do, and I do agree with you though, about if she treated it as a reveal, I think maybe the conversation would have looked differently and would have felt different, but it's like, she couldn't really walk in it. And also this is just very literal mermaid. And I think too, there's something about the fact that yes, the tail looks beautifully constructed, all of that, but then the top just to be like the two shells. I don't know. I wanted more of that too. Like I wanted a little bit more out of the top half, maybe. And that's why I keep asking for this challenge to have consistency. Because if you're yes. reading other girls for not being mermaid, but she's literally giving you mermaid and you're reading her for not being able to walk as a mermaid, it's like I something's not computing, which goes totally. back to Greg not being happy with what happened. Right, exactly. And I think that's what it is. I think the biggest piece of this episode and this challenge was just that there did not seem to be consistency. Yes. So it's very strange to try and figure out to a certain extent what the outcome was. Dudu says that he, that her tail is one of the best they have there as it's well executed, but also caught her like a hook. He says it made her performance very hard. Bruna says that she loves the look and is gagged that she made it herself. And she saw that it put herself in a situation she couldn't run away from. Raphael's, says that a slit in the tail would have helped and would be beautiful. He says her look really lacked something. Melzine will be asked if she has a sewing background and she says that her mother is a seamstress. She starts to cry as she says that she grew up watching her mother sew, so it's very familiar with the noise of a sewing machine. She then says she was never interested in sewing herself, but a year ago she asked her to teach her, so she taught her everything she knows. She says there is love in every stitch of every look she brought. And I was like, I thought she taught you when you were a child. I'm very confused by the storytelling here. Yeah, very confused. Um, Greg thanks her for sharing and says that she's sure she's proud of her, but she told her once and twice that the biggest challenge would be making the tale work, and it was construct. This was a construction challenge. Okay, but it's a construction challenge. Then why are you reading her on the construction of something that works and the others didn't? Whatever. She says it was a great chance to show who she is. She will ask if she has a, if she has to lip sync how she will do it. She says a woman always comes prepared, unzips the dress, and there's the pants. Bitch, why didn't you show them during the runway? There was there was your out. There was your way to do it. There was your storytelling. Yeah, it's I'm going like, to give this a part of your world. I think. Also, in terms of actually revealing that she had pants underneath, at that point, why not just wait and have it be a gaggy moment during the lip sync and just leave it at that? Like, sure. oh, well, you know, a woman always comes prepared and then just leave it a little bit open-ended because that could have made a moment in the lip sync. Yep. So I don't know. For me, I am going to give it a poor unfortunate soul just because I just... I wanted a little bit more. It was too generic. Well, what would you say to little Georges for wrapping a fucking piece of fabric on her body? Oh, I yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't yeah, exactly. I'm like, don't even get me started on that either, because yeah, that's heinous to me. Like, no. Controversy the design challenges every fucking time. It's yeah, sixty four percent part of your world. Thirty six percent poor unfortunate soul. Uh, Helena Milgita. Uh, um. The literal gag. The bitch made that from 
form-fitting look and it's outstanding where to start the golden green perfectly placed she is yeah. serving body and showing it too the use of the gold chains were spectacular now am i getting mermaid not necessarily exactly but i can see the mermaid aquatic touches that are present in a fashion moment this is runway worthy yeah th this is just one like that you just can't there's really nothing you can even say <laughs> Because it yeah. just totally speaks for itself. She is literally that stunning and it's really that good. You know, I think, again, the challenge-wise, it's apparently supposed to be out of all of these materials and seemingly it is because the gold was what was on the palm trees and whatever. So I don't know, there's an element of that for me. It's like where if we want to think about a design challenge that's maybe supposed to be unconventional materials, is it giving that? No, maybe not, but she just, oh my gosh, like so full blast, so incredibly stunning. There are literally not even words. I was so obsessed. Like she walked out and I was like, this is over. It, she looks so yeah. beautiful. The outfit is so well done, obsessed. Verona says that she's already said so much that she has palm oil that soon she'll be able to sell a karache. Raphael says, being beautiful is wonderful and amazing, but hopes she will allow herself to not be beautiful. He says, this is very chic, and he loved it as he was captured by her. Helena says that she struggled being beautiful as she was a fat kid at age 15 and was bullied a lot. She says she didn't have many friends and that she had bulimia. She did severe things to have a standard body. She had severe acne and still has acne scars that make her insecure about her drag. She thinks Helena is her chance of being the prettiest and most confident version of herself. Bruna tells her that if one day she didn't feel like she belonged and wanted to be someone else, imagine how people right now want to be her. Greg says she has goosebumps. Hadn't had goosebumps like this in a long time, and as she brought one of the th uh, things she least expected from a mermaid, which is the charm. She says she is already beautiful and now wants her to see, see the cursed side. Great. Love when we have a beautiful queen being told, be ugly, come on. Tell an ugly queen to be beautiful and then they don't do it and you eliminate them. Like, I just don't get this double standard here. But whatever, part of your world, it's perfect. Yeah, like completely. Audience, 100% part of your world. Yeah, like, come on. They're literally iconic. Greg will call forward Organza, Miranda, Bettina, Shannon as safe, leaving Naza, Ruby, Helena, Melusine, Dallas, and Aquarella as the tops and bottoms. Do you agree? No. Play around, move things around. Where are we going? So I would say for, I actually would say for the top, I would not have put Naza in the top. I would have put Naza as safe and I would have switched out Naza for, um, or for Organza. I would swap Organza for Ruby. Yeah, I can see that too. But yeah, so that was my one change on the top. I agreed with the others. On the bottom, I actually would have put, um, I would have put Aquarella as safe. And I would have put uh, Bettina in the bottom. I would put Bettina on the bottom. And if you're saying it's a construction challenge and to look like a mermaid... Melazine should have been safe. Yeah. I think if you're going. If that, if those challenge. were the rules of the challenge, she did both of those. 
Yeah, I think for me, I was a little bit more willing to be like, yeah, you belong in the bottom because like what we were talking about when we were going look by look, I just felt like it was too obvious, not original enough. I wish that there had been some other elements to the top other than just the double seashell. So I thought it did warrant a bottom because though, and I will say that because clearly relevance to mermaid didn't matter that much you know like so it did for some people and didn't for others it was right. very confusing so, so when it all shook out that way i was like yeah melazine i in my opinion does belong at the bottom in on tuck jr the safe girls are very pressed but they're all color coordinated so that was cute organza says when they said their four names she was rooting that they are safe because she couldn't bear to see any of them in the bottom and yes they are the rio quartet but then Organza was thought, if they're safe, the others are not, question mark. Is she okay with that? Nope. But Tina will tell us that the main challenge was to use the elements of the set to create a look. It's not a seamstress competition. Okay, but Greg says it was to walk in a tail. Can somebody show me the rule book? I am lost and confused. Yeah, exactly. Clearly very under, very different understandings of what the challenge was, because I thought it was look like a mermaid using the materials that are not predominantly fabric. Miranda says it's not about the best stitching, the best hemming, the best use of material. It's how smart you are in using the material. Now, let's, let, let's take a discussion about drag race universality can we just have uniformity for an unconventional material challenge and what the main goal for it is because i am tired of going from franchise to franchise not knowing what to look for and how to critique it if a singular word um is it's a sewing challenge it's a design challenge it's a construction challenge because they do not line up at all Going yeah. right back to Drag Race Germany, they said it was a construction challenge. Well, the queen who won didn't have the most elegant, beautiful, groundbreaking look, but it was constructed perfectly. What are we doing here? Yeah, I think this is true, honestly, of multiple challenges in Drag Race because... Of course. The other one... Don't where, even get me started on the makeover challenge. I know. Oh that's God, what I, I was going to say. That's literally what I was going to say. Because that one is always also very bizarre in terms of the judging. Because did they say family? Did they specifically say it has to look like your child? Like, you know, right. so I agree with you. I think, I don't know. We need more of like a universal rule book. This equals this. This does not equal this. Because it just makes everything so confusing in terms of what to look for as a viewer, how to understand how they're being critiqued. It just needs to be tightened up. Organza says that for her, the winner of this challenge is Miranda, as there's no fabric. It's all float. Organza goes on to say that she will be happy if Helena wins, as she nailed it and is always impeccable. But you just said it. Okay, pick one. Pick one. Pick a struggle. Pick a struggle. Now, Shannon fears that Helena will come back and say that she is not serving the elements. And Organza chimes in and says, if she's not serving, who is? Well, let's find out with the tops and bottoms back. And just remember, Organza's best Judy, Shannon, is wearing velvet boots. <laughs> Important to remember. Yeah. Let's find out. Aquarella says they complained about her look as it was lacking concept. 
Okay. She says to be on the bottom and not having any sewing experience and being in a room of seamstresses was something that she was foreseeing, but she's happy as it is the first look she's ever made. And she says if she has to lip sync, she'll do what she has to do. But didn't Bettina just tell us it's not a seamstress challenge, but she's in a room with, okay, fine. Let's go with that. Okay, great. Organza will ask who will be lip syncing and Aquarella leaves. It will be her and Melazine. And the safe girls are baffled. Now, Melazine says regarding her skirt, they like the finishing, but their only issue was she couldn't walk properly, which is a fact. Now, Helena will say she was impeccable and that she is too pretty and has to be ugly on the runway. Not the pretty girl coming back and trying to complain about being pretty. Come on. It's a, what a rough fucking really, really big struggle to be beautiful. I don't know. But she does say something true. A pretty gay is a hated gay. Oh, yeah. She- Literally, like, that was such a perfect quote. I was like, they're really giving us some sound bites this season because I love that. She's not just pretty. She's an onion. And we know from Shrek, onions have layers. Yes, yes. The other, since we were just talking about it, I think the other quote that I love from this was during way back during the reading challenge, Naza said, like, you cannot trust a gay person. It's so true. And I was like, yes, these like girls. Jennifer Coolidge knows it. These gays are trying to kill her. Yes. I was like, these perfect little sound bites about gay people coming from Drag Race Brazil. I'm sad. And speaking of Jennifer Coolidge and tying into Drag Race, the gay who's going to who try to kill her is going to be on Drag Race Italia as a judge. So look at all coming back together. Full circle. Now, who's on top? Helena will say her and Naza, and that is not going to go over well. Organza will ask why Naza didn't get any criticism if she can't see the main part of her ch- of the challenge on her look. What's the main part of the challenge? Is it a mermaid or is it the fucking floaties? Pick right. people. What is the challenge? Ruby will say it suited the theme and Organza is pressed like a panini asking how. Ruby will point out that she's wearing the floaty and it looks like a tail. Organza is like, what about the material? Remember, Shannon's wearing velvet. Aquarella will now defend her and say she used the floats. Nasa will finally cut in and say, okay, I'm going to talk now. Well, that is after Melazine says that Nasa had the, had fun on the runway and showed a valve and says the concept is there and the quilting is made out of floats. Okay, so you have three queens defending her. But Organza will now have to backtrack and try to pivot and say, well, this is the first thing you, is it the first thing you see? Well, baby, that's not the challenge. As Naza says, it's not up to her. It's up to the judges. And of course, Organza will say, it's not just her. It's all of them. All the tapes, because it's not all of them. It's just you. Literally. Um, I love Organza, okay? She is my winner pick. But this was just messy and not cute, the way that she just cannot back down and admit she was wrong here. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's maybe she was just really feeling some type of way because she really thought she should have been in the top, which I think we all agree with. Like, maybe she wouldn't have had so much to say about it if they were like, yes, you're in the top again, you know? Nanza says they wanted floats. She served floats. She says regardless of being that kind of float, she's wearing them and you can see the valve. She will show her floats on her boots. She is inflatable and they saw it. Organza now in confessional will see that Naza's look is amazing, but she still thinks she benefited greatly from normal fabric. And I was like, but Helena's wearing the same fabric as she is. Dunno. Naza will continue to talk about what they were instructed until Shannon tells her she's talking too much in Dallas's term. Now listen, 
I hate that this is the narrative that is happening, but Organs and Shannon are running the room and getting angry at certain things. And it's not becoming a pretty stereotype being played out here. But you yeah. can't always blame it on the edit. And to be fair, in this moment, Naza in the edit said the least about herself. It was all the other girls talking for her. So Shannon getting angry at Naza just doesn't make sense. Definitely. It's not pretty on Drag Race when the show paints Black drag artists as angry. It's happened before and the mm-hmm. fandom cannot handle it. And we know it has happened in the past. So I don't know how they're going to fix that. Because again, these two are fabulous drag artists. They're fan favorites. Fandom, I'm very afraid of. Yeah, but I mean, also who, like, who knows? Maybe it'll turn itself around. And like, maybe this is part of a story arc of some kind. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, who who knows? I, I agree with you. I think it's just like not the best in terms of how they're editing whatever and you know like you said you can't blame absolutely everything on the edit um it does feel like a little bit dicey so i'm like imagining maybe this is going somewhere and there's going to be a great resolution yeah like you literally can go over and talk about dallas without shannon's comment that not to talk too much you didn't need it now on to Dallas. She will mention the infamous panties she wore last week, but then mentions that as someone with lack of experience, she managed to execute a look that they thought was cool. Really? That's what they said? I didn't hear that. They also allegedly let loose and performed on the runway and stepped out of their box and they loved her for that. I was like, okay, maybe we're, we're watching different shows. Also can never hear let loose ever again without no. the trigger. No, thanks, Lucy. Just, yeah. Now literally. Dallas doesn't know if she's a top or a bottom. And I got to say, are we watching the same show, girl? Has Drag Delusion come to Brazil? It has. Yeah. It's time to reveal the decisions. Drag Queen has decided the winner of the week is Helena Melgita. Oh, and for more drama, so is Naza. The face that Organza makes. The fake shock smile. Um... Oh my God, she was playing it up for the camera, but you know, inside she was boiling. Oh, had to be. Ruby and Dallas are safe. Our bottom two are Aquarella and Melazine Sparkle. Do you agree? I think if we're talking about agreeing in terms of the people who we had to choose from for the actual bottom where it landed i would still say no i think it should have been melazine and i think it should have been dallas i'm still I'm just like i don't i'm with aquarella i don't know it's just i didn't think that she deserved to be in the bottom two i didn't even think she deserved to be in the bottom three so i definitely didn't i would, think I would go aquarella and dallas for my bottom two yeah dallas definitely should have been in the bottom two like the song is Shuge by Ludmila. This was a cat-style song, and that's not what Aquarella does, but she'll give you energy while wearing what she's wearing. Melazine will give you a dance. She will perform in a much more sensual manner, but her energy is not as high as the track. I think this was a performance based on taste, and I think when it comes to taste, you have a host who does not approve of stripping on stage. Melazine taking her top off was the official death sentence. Greg was pissed. But I will say, um, 
slightly turned on by that sexy twink. I'm not you, mad at it. Yeah, you would. Aquarella will shock the world and do a death drop. Um, I, I thought personally she died. Like, I thought she was down and out. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. The way that she went back and fell, I was like, she's not getting up. Get yeah. the medics. There's no <laughs> way. I literally thought she must have broken something. In the end, Greg was done with Melazine. She eliminated her. Aquarella is safe. Do you agree? I, <laughs> one of those where, again, we're, we're dealing with the circumstances that we are. Um, I do agree with the outcome of the lip sync, just because I thought that it goes back to a little bit of what you were saying. I think Melazine, the, the energy wasn't matching up enough. So it made the performance feel a little bit disjointed. And yeah, I think she, she committed the cardinal sin in some cases where it's just, you take off your whatever you reveal the boy body and it just shatters the illusion so to speak and so I had the same reaction you did I was like especially with all of the other context in the episode and seeing where things were going as soon as that came off I was like she's gone that's it um again can we have a universal drag race rule stripping or no stripping in a um lip sync because if you're talking about drag race España they live for the stripping so um again I need a rule I need a rule yeah. Um, I agree with the performance overall. Again, that's tr- the, the top coming off was the deal breaker. If she kept it on, I think there might've been a different conversation to have. Um, but I, I think this is wild that we got to this point with Melazine. And I, I really, really, really do think based on watching the edit, um, that first conversation with Greg that she didn't follow through, she, she just was not here for it. No, no, she was just having none of it. She wants the girls to listen. Yeah. Um, which again says a lot about Greg and her as a host. And I think we'll see if this happens again. Um, if I were any other girls, I would be like, okay, I will do literally everything you say. Point taken. All right, I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast up. Are you ready? Ready. Well, aside from having pink hair, what is Melazine's legacy? Um, the legacy is that she understands what a mermaid is. There it is. <laughs> Who won the week? Who had the best episode? I think Naza actually did. I agree. Yeah, because it's like you demonstrated that you have some different skills. You don't just kind of like look cute and pretty. And then also, like we're talking about dominant thread, you listen to the critiques, you get rewarded. Great week. And she beat Ruby, who Ruby thought she would beat last week um, when it came to the design challenge. I I do think Naza, as far as a character this episode, really had a good arc because uh, whether you like her or not, you definitely um, sympathize and empathize with her because she was getting, you know, a little bit of that uh, James Monsoon uh, aura from season five, where she's this underdog outsider baby. And here she is being like, look, they're rewarding me and you can't stop me. Yeah, watching the edit so far of Naza has been so interesting because even as a viewer, I feel like I'm oscillating. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I I don't really think that I'm rooting for her that much. I don't think that I really like her. And then suddenly it'll pivot and I'll be like, oh, no, wait, she's like, yeah, I'm down with her. So very, very interesting personality. Yeah, I think no matter what happens this season, um, I hope she's good at English because she will get a phone call. Yeah. Oh, I could definitely see that. 
We have a branding challenge in the form of a commercial. How novel. Who do you think will do well? I think that Organza is going to do well. I think she has such like a, I almost want to say she has like a very clear vision around what her brand is. And she already does a lot of that. I feel with like her looks and tying in the name and like what she's using, what she puts on her body. So having that level of sensibility, I would imagine has great potential to translate well into this kind of challenge. Um, I think Organza is going to do great. I think Bettina should do great. I think Miranda should do great. I am worried very, very much for Aquarella, Dallas, and Ruby. Because if Ruby comes out there and is like, I'm a fashion queen, it's, it's over. Like, <laughs> that can't be your brand. It cannot be your identity. And up yeah. till now, I don't know who Ruby is. I would agree with that. Like, I did respond really well to what she was wearing this week and I was here for it. But yeah, I, I don't feel I have a clear picture yet. And it's a couple weeks in. Mm-hmm. After four episodes, the winner of the season is. I still think it's Organza. It has to be. Like, she, you know, so strong so far. This week, despite not being in the top, really solid performance. Really seems to be one of those that is a true total package. So I just also love that we're finally seeing a potential winner have some flaws when it comes to personal relationships. She's not your, oh my God, I'm super sweet. Everyone loves me. I'm going to be the best. She She's going to get nitty gritty and she's going to have conversations. And I love that because that is something we have not seen in a very long time. Yeah. And I do think that's something about a fair amount of this cast too, though, to be honest, which is also really nice to see. I feel like they're willing to say things to each other and, you yeah. know, like really talk about their perspectives in a way that you don't always get from a a handful of them at least. So I I really feel like that's made a nice element of engaging as a viewer just for pure entertainment purposes. Absolutely. We love things getting a little spicy. Exactly. All right. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo? Any projects you want to plug? Yes, absolutely. So you can always find me on Instagram at OG double underscore fag. You can also follow me on Blue Sky, where my handle is just at OG fag. Always find me in those couple of places to keep up with my latest antics, memes, whatever may be happening, what's going on in my life, who I'm hooking up with, where, doing this, doing all that. Um, yeah, so don't be a stranger. Amazing. Well, maybe I'll have to join you on Blue Sky. I don't have a code or anything. So if someone wants to help me, I out can there, get I you know. one. I can get you sure. one. Well, let's make it happen. Okay. But yeah. I'll this was you then. fabulous. And yeah, we'll sure I'll have you back on soon. Yeah. I'm feeling like such an international individual now because you've had me on now here for a couple of these international franchises. And I'm being a really good drag race viewer and keeping up with a whole lot of them. So I feel very worldly. And I love it. Thanks for being here. Of course.